0: So
1: flicks and music mix final edition we're your hosts i'm dustin and i'm wayne and today we're talking about 1976 the omen score the omen the omen so a little brief summary of the movie american diplomat robert adopts damien when his wife catherine delivers a stillborn child after damien's first nanny hangs herself during his fifth birthday party Father Brennan warns Robert that Damien will kill Catherine's unborn child so she gets pregnant again. And shortly thereafter, Brennan, Father Brennan dies, and Catherine miscarries when Damien pushes her off of a balcony. As more people around Damien die, Robert investigates Damien's background and realizes that his adopted son may be the Antichrist. That's the movie. The son of the devil. The son of the devil. So... Before we get into the tracks, let's do the the packaging here, Lane. I'll let you. Sure, I'll let you talk about the packaging. Not a
0: lot going on. Um, the front black background um, with your traditional original motion picture soundtrack um, typography at the top, and then the Omen uh, in red lettering with six 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 in the O. Music composed by Jerry Goldwyn and conducted by Lionel Newman. Um, Beautiful orchestrations throughout this entire thing. So um, Tremendous work by Lionel Newman and his entire orchestra. On the back, uh, images from the film. Creepy images from the film, if I might say so. This is the original score soundtrack with uh, 12 tracks on it. Six on each side. Um, You'll have a track listing, side one, (laughs) side two. Um, And then uh, credits, uh, composer credits, producer credits, and such. And at the bottom is what you would traditionally find on, say, the back of a DVD or at the bottom of a VHS, where it gives credit to 20th Century Fox and the um, additional production crews and starring um, credits. Let's get into who... Who does all the music credits? You want yeah, read so those off? produced by Jerry Goldwyn, executive producer, uh, Robert Townsend, which that name is, re- we should dig into that. I could think of Devin Townsend from Strapping
1: Young Lad, and it, I'm sure they're not related. But That name <laughs> is just ringing a lot of Townsend. bells for me.
0: Hmm. Uh, performed, this is the National Philharmonic, Philharmonic Orchestra. Which, of course, is one of the leading orchestra orchestra groups, um, basically of all time, hmm. in this country. Uh, conducted by Lionel Newman, orchestrations by Arthur Arthur Morton, uh, recording engineer John Richards, mastered by Patricia Sullivan. Another name that's really ringing some bells for me. Um, music by Jerry Goldsmith. Lyrics by Carol Goldsmith. Uh, performed by carol goldsmith and arranged by arthur morton so kind of a small group of production mm-hmm. credits here um 20th century fox of course uh gregory peck lee remick the omen a the harvey omen. bernard mace neufeld production hmm. co-starring david warner billy whitelaw an executive produced by mace Newfeld. Produced by Harvey Bernard and directed by Richard Donner. Written by David Seltzer. And music by Jerry Goldsmith. Interesting. So yeah, the whole packaging is just black, red, and white. Yep, on the front we have a sketchy pencil drawing type of um, picture. Mom and dad with um, a silhouette of Damien in front of them whose shadow is a wolf or angry dog or something alluding to the perhaps deeper aspect within (sighs) Mm, yeah and the the disc itself the disc itself is translucent blood red um, with black splatter coming from the middle of it on one side the center tile is Uh, Side A, center tile, is just the black background with white 666. And on the other side, the center tile is a black background with track listing. What I found interesting, and perhaps draws us to the fact that this is the original, but a reprinting of the original, is because though in the 70s, when this came out in 1976, you can find examples of colored vinyl one that really comes to mind is uh grand funk railroad really they had color vinyl yep huh um american band came out
1: american band came
0: out on a um a translucent orange interesting in the in that time that was now, probably like whoa yeah exactly it was huge it was it was well, we've talked about it before vinyl starts out clear yeah. even even the black is added so to find something that was blood red at the time would not be abnormal. However, the, the flaky splatter is more of a modern thing that we're finding.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of splatter variants and all sorts of vinyls nowadays. I feel like,
0: especially when newer
1: scores or even like when bands print vinyls, we have these four or five different colored variants. It's called co- different
0: colorways. Yeah. Um. So to, to see the splatter, I was like, okay, there this doesn't feel from the 70s for me. Yeah, I was looking at it. I think it was printed in 2018. So, yeah, so,
1: which, which is weird because it's the original release and we'll get into so when I was looking this up, this score has been released three times. It had the original 12-track release and then the deluxe edition for the 20th 25th anniversary released with an additional eight tracks even though I'm counting Nine additional tracks. I was looking back and forth trying to figure it out. I don't know if something got split in two or if something got replaced with a different name. Some shit. And then it got released as a 40th anniversary with an additional six tracks plus a bonus called The Omen Suite which is an 11 minute track from Diego Navarro and Tenerife Film Orchestra. So I'm curious to hear what that is. So it's like that's like 27 tracks on that 40th anniversary release.
0: Probably takes like so this original 12 tracks really only has a 30-35 minute runtime. <clears throat> I mean, I you gotta believe with the 40th anniversary, you're well over an
1: hour. Yeah, it has to be, especially with that 11 minute track in there. But yeah. So should we dive into the tracks? I I named out the original track listing. So we'll go through it. The first Main theme of the track is Ave set-
0: Satanic, yeah,
1: Ave Satane, Ave Satane,
0: super creepy. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's just start with that. Yeah. Um, anything that has that Latin flair, if you will, mm-hmm. um, when you talk about dark things, um, religious, uh, in, religiously influenced horror of any type really gets me um having been raised uh within uh, that sort of catholic tradition
1: yeah you were telling i was uh, i was asking him like why latin and then you explained
0: yeah so i was raised in a family with a catholic tradition i went to catholic school uh, coming going up. So I had theology class every day. Um, during my brief time in college, I minored in world religions, and um, to graduate high school, uh, I had to write a term paper. So I ended up writing. Well, we had to write four that year, but one of mine was on demonic possession. So I wrote a twenty-five page term paper on demonic possession. Um and really was able to do a ton of research on the real examples of the exorcists within the Catholic Church that travel the world and have accounts of their, their ongoing battles with this topic. So when you talk about Latin, like there are still places you can go to and have the latin mass which was something mm-hmm. um that's how, that's the origins of sort of you know christianity when you talk about the catholic bible um originally was in latin and has since uh been every you know now you can just go and have english mass but yeah so i was looking
1: the main theme Ave Satane won, well actually no, this score. It won the Academy Award for Best Original Score and it was nominated for Best Original Song. So it won an Oscar and I was reading into, this was Jerry Goldsmith's only Oscar that he received throughout his career, which is pretty interesting. So like you were saying, the score features a strong choral segment throughout with a foreboding Latin chant. According to Goldsmith's wife, Carol, who s- sings the lyrics in the Piper stream on the, on the score, uh, she was saying that the composer initially struggled with ideas for the score until one evening he suddenly ha- and happily announced to her, quote-unquote, I hear voices, referring to an orchestral chorus or choir. The Latin of the song contains some errors, we drink the blood... Um, must be sanguinum vivimis if I'm saying that right. Sanguinum. Sanguinum. See, Yeah. Nah. So <laughs> to
0: expand on that, um, the timing of like, what's interesting to me is when you find things that are later, like this came out in the mid 70s. And whenever we talk about like super dark things that are religious oriented with Latin, what's interesting is The change from in Catholicism that went from Latin to English happened in 1962 with the Vatican II Council. Hmm. And anything that happened after that was more of a drive to modernize religion and make the ceremonies more acceptable to the developing society. Hmm. But the throwback is almost creepy when it happens. Every time. Anytime it happens, it feels creepy. Latin is creepy. Yeah. Um, So there is this ongoing, especially it starts in the very first song. When you hear it, um, Jesus Christos Ave Satani. So Jesus Christ, praise Satan. Hmm. That's what that means. Damn. (laughs) Praise or hail.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is hail, but... Yeah. Is that what it says? It says, says, Hail? Yeah. Also, quote unquote, Hail Satan. Yeah. Ave Satana.
0: Yeah. So, and that rings throughout the entire soundtrack. It comes back. It's not just in the first song, it's in interludes, it's in different sections of other songs. It's all, this is all an homage to Satan. And typically, when you talk about, um, Satanic themes, the mention like you you may even have mention of like traditional prayers within Christianity hmm. um but they're all mentioned in mockery, mm-hmm. so mentions of Jesus Christ before saying, "Hail, Hail Satan is, is a mockery, okay, so that's why. You know, even within some satanic ceremonies like the Church of Satan, when you get into specifically LaVey, Anton LaVey's version of Satanism, um, they will actually say the Our Father, or some of them will say sections of it backwards. um, And that's in mockery of, of the themes of Christianity and Catholicism. So this goes deep. This runs yeah, deep. Yeah, this is this is not your real score here. It's real shit right here. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Damn.
1: I mean, was that already one side? Yeah, that was two? one side. That's crazy. So yeah, that was already one side. Like we were talking about this. It's pretty short, and that's why I feel like you're you're asking, oh, where are they getting the rest of these songs? I just feel like they've only released so much of the score at a time and they're like oh we should add this and that into it because you know but so let's get into some of the tracks it's crazy how we were talking about it's super dark and then the next track is like a Disney movie just super whimsical whimsical
0: childish Uh, you know like you're freaking in Snow White or in Bambi so what I've noticed having now running through it for the third time it it starts out very dark, homage to Satan, and then it goes into a whimsical track. And it, it, it the tracks are one after another, so back and forth. Mm-hmm. Dark, childish, dark, whimsical, dark, it's kinda of like the battle flowing. Yeah, but as now we're getting into the second side. What's interesting is it'll start out with the first song, which is rather whimsical, talking about the Piper's dream. Yeah, we're carols singing. And it almost, like, having listened, the second time I listened to it, I was driving to Omaha from Lincoln. It's about an hour drive, and it's snowing. Today's the first snow of the year. And it was very nice. It almost reminded me of, like, the orchestrations in the background were almost like I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) It is. It's very, like... Yeah. Speaking of the
1: orchestration, like... What kind of instruments are we hearing throughout this whole thing? I feel like traditional, every, everything. Almost.
0: Traditional orchestra. I mean, brass. Strings. Strings. Woodwinds. A uh, couple sections with an oboe, which are, are well-placed, because oboe being the lowest of the woodwinds. Mm. Um, you know, the the... The tone is set intentionally, and I think there is that. Anytime it's dark, obviously we're low, we're ominous, we're foreboding, um, sort of pounding, almost impending, is a good tone uh, t- uh, word that I like to think about when I think about like pounding, almost like something's coming towards you from the distance, like the T Rex and you know Jurassic Park. And Jurassic Park. It's like you can hear the pounding first. Yeah. Right. It's that sort of foreboding, uh, impending doom feeling. And then when we get into the more whimsical, it's higher pitched, it's sweeping, it's painting a landscape of something pretty as opposed to darkness. So when, when we talk about the low instruments, there's some tuba, there's some timpanis, there's some um, oboe. These are all in the dark songs. And then when we get into the whimsical, we get more, you know, higher pitched uh, flute. You'll get some uh, clarinet as opposed to oboe. Hmm. Then you'll get uh, violin. You know, it's a in in the beginning goes back and forth song to song light dark light dark and then as we get into the second side those begin to blend into one song in one song you'll have both and you'll have the contrast and the battle between the two and then the further we go uh it just kind of blends into more overall darkness so yeah let's turn this up real quick just make get a glimpse of So it was gallop. It was light before this, and now it's within one song. And now we're galloping. Yeah, and
1: we got this choir popping up throughout the whole thing, and they're like, they're doing their thing.
0: Well, the tension like is created not only by tone but also by cadence. So, like, when I say we're galloping, I mean you the the beat is is bum 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 bum. Whereas before it was more sweeping, sweeping, and even the lows were very sweeping. So the tone is increasing, the pace is increasing, the the tension is increasing because the ominous. Impending doom is now closer. Like it's gaining ground almost, right? That's the tension. It's mm. like it's gaining ground on you.
1: I mean, that's kind of what's happening throughout the movie, too. He's mm-hmm. just it's just getting closer and closer. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we gotta fucking kill this kid. And it They're doesn't... gonna kill him? Well, yeah, he finds out. He's like, shit, my son's the Antichrist, I gotta kill him. But spoiler. They don't. (laughs) They They don't succeed. They don't get them. They don't get them. And it spawned three, three, yeah, Omen one, two, and three. And then it spawned a reboot, which is pretty much a remake of the first movie that came out. I remember when that came out, it was June 6, 2006.
0: Oh, no shit. Yeah.
1: And it was a huge fucking deal. People were like, that's it. It's the end of times. This is here.
0: Listen to this. What we got?
1: Oh. See, there's that.
0: Okay. Are we falling? cuz this is a plateau. Like there's times where there's a plateau. Where you can there's an even balance between the light and the dark to a point where you're not sure where it's going from here. I think this song is called The Fall.
1: I think it is too. Let's see. Let's go up and Yeah, after the Piper dream is
0: called The Fall. The Fall. Yeah. So now we're getting darker.
1: And then the song after that
0: is the safari. It's party. almost like when you get these like wild, high-pitched strings, it's almost as if they're, it's it's darkness, which is swirling around you. Mm-hmm. Like a pack of bats. What do they call a pack of bats? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, though? They, well, I don't know what a A group of bats. And then the sun comes out. That's like an adventurous tone right there.
1: Let me look up. What is a pack of bats? So, a pack of bats is called oh, a colony of bats. A colony, okay. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) there's no. Sometimes you think too much about things. Ooh, a cauldron of bats is a collective noun for a group of bats. Yeah. Interesting.
0: So the person who played um, Damien, Harvey Stevens, um, is from the UK. Um, he actually has blonde hair, and his hair was dyed, and stri- dyed black and straightened for this film. Um and he now operates uh, still within England as a stock trader. Interesting. Yeah. Is he still creepy looking?
1: Nope. He's normal looking now? He's a normal, (laughs) he's just a guy.
0: He wasn't, he was only in three movies ever. Well, two. He was in the original Omen and then Gogwin the Savage who Inter- no, I don't even. I don't know what that uh, is. Based on a turbulent life of a temperamental French painter, what? so you know, <laughs> no, nothing crazy. Interesting. Um. And that was it. But, however, Goguin the Savage also has David Carradine in it. So to say that he starred next to David Carradine is pretty cool. interesting. However, um, for the original um Omen. Even as a child, it was his release. He got a Best Acting um, Debut Golden Globe nomination in the 70s, 76. So that's pretty cool. And then now um, Harvey Spencer being 53 years old and residing in Putney, London. Putney.
1: Putney. Interesting. Weird. Okay. I'll get into that a little bit later. So, I mean, we already kind of talked about so this score has has it all, like we said. Like it it builds tension, but then at, at other times, you're it's not dark or anything. It has the whimsical sweeping feel of a Disney film. That's the only thing I could think of.
0: Yeah, and then constant mirroring back to back and forth. It's satani. Back at the beginning, it, that mm-hmm. first track lays the foundation for everything that's going on for the remainder of, um, I guess, the movie or the soundtrack. Um, you know, it the symphonic palette, it like the symphony, really lays out sort of an ethereal like landscape, and the choir chants are like with Latin intonations really add layers of like ominous foreboding. It's really, really sometimes overbearing. Um, church organs, you know, tremolo violins. It's almost supernatural at times, but it, what's, there, there, there's a couple examples within here. And what's interesting is though this is primarily symphonic, there are a couple digital effects that happen they're very strategically placed um and i have a feeling that the as these songs are played out in the movie they are strategically placed for things that are happening in yeah like the, most most likely yeah so yeah there. uh that's when i start you can start to talk about like sound design as opposed to just a, just a, a sound score, score or yeah.
1: soundtrack right um, yeah it adds to like i mean i don't There's not really any jump scares, but, like, something like that, you know?
0: Just adding to whatever's going on on screen. It's very skillfully orchestrated. Um, I want to know more about uh, Goldsmith.
1: Do you have any other insights that you want to add before we dive into uh, Goldsmith himself?
0: One thing that I, you know, again, talking about the the dark instruments and the light instruments. It's like you have the tuba, you have the oboe, you have the cello. And then what's interesting is that the choir itself acts as a character in the overall aspect of this because they are able to transcend both sides. And there are times when there's the, the, the choir is light and the choir is dark. And what's interesting... In contrast to that is that sometimes, similarly to when we did The Witch, we talked about The Witch, mm-hmm. where it's like group, it almost sounds like a group of screaming women who are just yelling. It's like sometimes when you talk about the contrast between male vocals and female vocals, the more darker of the female vocal is that high pitch almost screaming. Yeah, it's it's borderline screaming. Yes, so that is that is an amazing <clears throat> contrast which is happening throughout this, and then there's the softer aspect, right? So, um, Mrs. Goldsmith who sings the Piper's Dream, it's almost it was that was your White Christmas, yeah, you know, dri- it, driving through the snow. It's dreamy. Yeah, it, it is dreamy. Um, so that that's just one thing I wanted to outline is the choir being so like multifaceted and being able to be present throughout the entirety of this and evoking emotion depending on what's going on in a unique way. I think they did a great job. You can hear the room that they're in. Uh, Yeah. What'd you say? It sounded like it was sounds like a large theater or or like a, you know, the anywhere you would go to see an orchestra. Yeah. Um, because in the seventies, I mean, there were not these as many of these like digital sound effects. Right. So talking about adding root, like nowadays, a lot of this stuff would be done in a studio setting mm-hmm. and all the room effect. Reverb would be added after the fact digitally, uh, either pre or post mix. And back then, I mean, though they did have these sound effects to add pre or post mix, they were huge. They were much larger mechanisms. Um, there's a local... I wonder how many microphones they needed. Yeah, I wonder that too, because the, the panning, the left-right of this is actually really dynamic. Um
1: so, I just looked up Jerry Goldsmith and I had no idea. I have another score from him. Oh, you do? Alien.
0: No kidding. We were we were considering that one for We this. were considering that one, too.
1: Might hmm. have to do that one That next. same one? Alien.
0: Okay. Like Yours is the, a
1: re-release, for sure. Yeah, but it's the the score same from Same one? So, yeah, he did a lot of movie scores. He did Alien. He did Gremlins. He did chinatown from 1974 deep rising rambo's first blood whoa legend with tim curry we Uh, talked about tim curry earlier um basic instinct the omen fucking total recall with wow the 1968 planet of the apes okay the poltergeist wow in the cinematic masterpiece that is 1999's *The Mummy*, sorry, really? fucking Brendan Fraser, no dude, shit, that's dude. awesome. And yeah, just a, like a, a dozen more movies after that, or throughout *The Thirteenth Warrior*. We got a couple *Star Treks* on here, *L.A. Confidential*, <laughs> *Warlock*, *Medicine Man*. This is crazy. This dude's got a freaking how? when are you? How is this, this is the only Oscar that he won? Is it the only one? That's what, there's, what? That's what I was looking at. That's what it said on uh, the good old Wikipedia here. It said that, let's see, where was I freaking? Yeah, for which he received the only Oscar of his career for Abe Satame.
0: So that's really interesting.
1: Like, what's, yeah, were you, were you looking up anything else for it? It looks like you're looking into something here.
0: There is something here. I just have to confirm it.
1: Okay, well, Lane is confirming that. I'm going to dive over to the collector's corner and tell you guys that I lied. It says that this release was released on November eighteenth, twenty twenty two. I thought I read twenty eighteen on the pack on the package, so I lied about that. On discogs, it's going anywhere. For, let's see for sale. They have a bunch of copies. Forty seven copies available via discogs anywhere from ten dollars to forty dollars. So I feel like yeah, you could you could find this if you really wanted to. What? All right. What you what you <laughs> <laughs> what
0: you, you find? Okay. All right that was the soundtrack all right so harvey spencer stevens young damien okay all right young damien as a grown man in real life uh uh was sentenced to 12 months in prison uh oh uh which was suspended for two years for assault with actual bodily harm and and two months in prison suspended for two years so two separate sentences one for two years one for two months in prison this uh happened surrounding an assault where he was driving down the road and got flipped off (laughs) by by two bicyclists oh man and uh ended up speeding up overtaking them getting out and basically kicking their ass (laughs) So,
1: he's like you know who the fuck i am yeah
0: <laughs> you know who you just flipped <laughs> off fucking clue who i am you just flipped off damien yeah i'm the f- wow <laughs> that's crazy so he some quote this is just a, a quote from here it says he then punched him twice in the face causing him to fall on his back with his bicycle still between his legs so, i mean you just he don't f- fuck with this guy <laughs> no yeah uh, don't yeah the defendant was described as being in a complete rage, so well, yeah, just channeling that inner thought Damien. that was interesting, perhaps <laughs> do mention wow
1: is there anything else you want to mention
0: uh, <laughs> no, there's just a lot of that man who uh, man who was Damien child actor in the Omen, sentenced for cycling. Assault cycling assault okay. assaulting cyclists. Don't ride your bike. I think there's a scene.
1: Hated guilty. Movie. I gotta watch this movie again. But yeah, so Kevin here added a overall effect. What? So I'm gonna yeah we're gonna we're gonna bring this up here. Thanks to Kevin. Kevin needs to come on sometimes. He's. I don't know what you're doing, Kevin, but where are you at? So he has, what overall effect does it have on the film rating system? So we got Iconic, which it adds so much to the film, you can't think of the film without the score. Complimentary does a really good job for underlaying the film. Solid, it has a few high points, but nothing that really sticks out mediocre it rarely underlies the movie and not great it does not add much to the film i feel like yeah this would be under iconic with all the latin chanting and
0: yeah there's a lot of uh
1: religious undertones it, happening it, like to a point where shit like south park makes
0: fun of it with the
1: rectus dominus it's very
0: stuff. like given the fact that it came out in the 70s post vatican II. It's almost avant-garde to still utilize that, because even today that would be really creepy. yeah, and because it, it, it is. Um, it's a It's a journey, just like any of these other soundtracks. I mean, it goes back and forth that takes you down a dark, dark, long, winding road. Um, the The strings, just like all these other ones, are haunting um suspenseful sweeping the brass sections are foreboding they punctuate key moments um they intensify emotional resonance Uh, that's what they do like and that's what i think they're commonly used for however the infusion of the choir chants and the latin intonations adds a layer that is undeniable it is dark it is um mystical it is it just is it just has that like overbearing aspect to it that is undeniable right yeah and then even very 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 strategic use of electronic synthesizers and like key key moments with uh, like sound effects yeah like you can tell that's not an instrument yeah added into the Mm -hmm. the and it's specifically in the very tense moments so probably something like when you talk about the the nanny jumping off it's probably like as an as an example maybe like the moment she like that string that rope hit its tension and she hit the bottom of that rope it's like Boom! Like that's when that sound effect got hit because it was meant to punch that in your face.
1: Yeah, I mean, it fucking punched me in the face first time yeah. I saw. It. I was like, "Holy shit!" And i I watched this again at two. Well, actually, I saw the remake before the original, but it's it's like almost it's not scene for scene, but it's very close to the original, and what. Well, Fuck, I was, f- I was 14 <laughs> in 2006. That explains a lot. When I watched the that, and I remember that scene was in that, and it was
0: like, whoa, because I've yeah. never seen anything like that before. So, yeah. Well, also talking about that, like, pounding, right? Like, bum, it's bum, almost bum, like something's bum, coming bum. towards you. It's like you can also, like, in the softer times, it's almost used as, like, a pulse. It's pulsating, mm. right? Like, something is growing. Yeah, Something is alive. Something is here. So that pulse and that pounding is constant basically throughout the entirety of the soundtrack. Yeah.
1: I would have to say so. Well, Do we have any closing thoughts? Creepy. Creepy. <laughs> yes, it uh, says, so summarize the main points discussed in that. It's fucking creepy. It has you know,
0: real life Latin and is this real element movie uh did anything happen on the set i see like because i almost think and maybe i'm just thinking about the exorcist when like, like hear about a something. lot of
1: shit happened during the filming of the exorcist yeah. you don't hear about
0: it's almost like when you're listening to this and you get all this jesus christos ave Satani. you're like even just listening to this like i'm asking for some shit to happen yeah I mean, I can't really find anything crazy here. Let's see here. And also, like, talking about a haunted movie set when things happen, it's like... I almost wonder, it's like, if that stuff is true. Because you would think that it might even be a marketing ploy for the movie at the time to say that, like, as an example with The Exorcist, like, oh, all these things happened on set. It's like, well, wouldn't that like, contribute as, like, a marketing ploy also? Real shit happened during The Exorcist, though. do they have footage of these things happening?
1: Kind of, but, like, also one of the, um, like, in The Exorcist, one of the random doctors that's, like, a a very side character that's only in it for, like, one scene Mm -hmm. turned out to be a real-life serial killer. Oh. Well, that's that's some shit, and then like the mom and that she actually broke her back during one scene, like some some stuff really happened during The Exorcist. That's that's for sure. Uh, I'm not seeing anything too crazy. Oh, I so, said so. There's a scene in the movie where they go to the zoo, Damien and his mom. And all the animals fucking go crazy, and the baboons start attacking the car. Mm-hmm. It's like a drive through zoo type deal. And so let's see here. For the scene where Kathy's car is attacked by baboons, production initially tried to have the baboons attack by placing food around the car after having the zoo staff members deliberately not feed the baboons the night before filming, while also placing a, bab- a baby baboon in the backseat of the car with a zoo official. After it failed to earn the desired effect, the official swapped out the baby baboon for the alpha baboon, which got the baboons to actually attack the car. According to Richard Donner, Lee Remick's terror during the scene was authentic. I mean, yeah, baboons are fucking scary. But that's not like anything, oh, this crazy thing happened, like they were actually trying to go for an effect.
0: So, I'm not, yeah. A baboon is like a rabid human. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Well, I
1: don't yeah. Closing thoughts. This score is creepy.
0: hmm
1: That's what I that's what I say. A one.
0: And that's creepy. what
1: you said. A one creepy. Mm-hmm. So the A one steak sauce. This mm-hmm. is A one creepy sauce. Absolutely
0: very i I like it it uh again driving here from lincoln in the snow it you know depending on your setting when you listen to some of these things like you can you can apply different thoughts to them i was white knuckling it the whole way here (laughs) and like listening to this it was like i was like oh shit like Like, i'm gonna die (laughs) yeah i might actually die (laughs) this time that's it that's i think that will
1: yeah i think that'll do it and i think we have to do alien next might have to because of jerry goldsmith i didn't even realize
0: yeah is that what is that a mondo
1: it is a mondo pressing yeah yeah we've a got disc.
0: a we got to do some shout outs to mondo yeah
1: mondo sponsor us
0: well you know
1: <laughs> i will i'll tag them in, we've got because in, in these
0: guys i mean for one they're they're doing good work yeah and if if you're the person who has listened to this podcast all the way to the end of this one and listen to any of the others then you are a fan of the work that they're doing whether or not you know it
1: yeah i have a lot of mondo pressings yeah they, they've done a lot of the movie movies scores
0: and the honestly the quality that they're producing. Yeah, the artwork, the the new packaging, the, the tactile new... nature of the work that they're producing, the artwork, the, the the quality of the disc, the quality of the um remastering or reworking of of the audio itself. I mean, it it's a good product. Very collectible in many ways. Um so, yeah, mm-hmm. keep an eye out for Mondo, also support your local record shop. Yeah, you th- I
1: think that was in the other recording that we did. So you you said that you found this at Grapefruit. Found it at
0: a local record shop down local in the old record. market in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, great record shop, actually. Uh, grapefruit's a a great spot to ch- to stop into. Yeah, I find I always find some stuff there that I'm like, whoa. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is more for our local Omaha people, Omaha, Nebraska. It's like. You know Homer's is great. Homer's is an experience in and of itself, but to be another record shop, I mean, it takes balls to set up shop around the corner from Homers. yeah, they are
1: right around the corner. they're right around the corner. <laughs> well, so is vinyl vinyl clips, right? yeah, all around the corner basically There's like three vinyl shops in a two block radius. yeah
0: and uh yeah, so we have a great culture of uh vinyl and music in general here in Omaha, Nebraska, but, uh, support your local record shop, wherever you are, go on in. It's, uh, so it's a lot of fun just to flip the record. So highly encourage. Yeah. You never know what you're going to find. Like
1: seriously, especially in the use section or mm-hmm. cause they take in records that
0: people are selling and you just never know. Well, it's a phenomenal. I think records are now coming back around. Oh yeah. Like as a whole, I mean, the, I don't think it's any secret but yeah it's just so much fun to partake in this and there's so many intricacies within this hobby all the way down into equipment and speakers and you know styluses and you know bluetooth versus analog versus digital there's so many different ways to experience vinyl so find yours and and enjoy it
1: and with that, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star review wherever you're listening to your podcast. We are on Spotify, we're on Amazon Music, and we're on Apple Podcasts. So wherever you're listening, just give us a five-star review. It will help us beat that algorithm and get in front of more people. You could, If you have a Discogs because you're a vinyl collector, you could follow me at Spooky402. Check out my collection. And even look on there and be like, yo, cover this. Because, yeah. And with that, you can also follow the Horror Flicks and Music Mix social medias. I just made us a TikTok. So you can follow us at HFMM Podcast. Same as Instagram. Same handle. And Facebook, Horror Flicks and Music Mix. Send an an email. Send an email. Engage. Engage at hfmmpodcast at gmail.com. And then you just got a booth. Where did you get that booth? Where oh, yeah. Are you, where are you
0: going to be and when?
1: <sighs> I guess, yeah. I, <laughs> I did talk about that in the last episode, the last two episodes. So Kevin and I got a booth. Um, and we only got two passes. Sorry, Lane, you can't come. Right
0: that's all right. Here. But um,
1: down in Crypticon, Kansas City, that's going to be next June. I think June 28th through the 30th down in kansas city missouri so if you're around if you like horror conventions if that's your thing come on by say hello we're gonna be having we're gonna have merch we're gonna sell some stuff or just say hi like that's fucking cool with me i don't i don't know but yeah that's that's all i got that's all i got all right well until then this has been horror music mix vinyl edition i'm dustin
0: and i'm lane